Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Endeavor Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Breitkopf. With me, once again, is my friend, uh, frequent co-host, and frequent guest, depending on what we're doing, Christy Davin. How you doing, Christy? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing really awesome. Thank you for asking. Uh, so today, I wanted to move from a more general topic that's of universal interest, hopefully, to listeners at home, and instead talk about something that's been in the news. Uh, in case you're listening to this podcast, uh, years in the future, it is September of 2018, and we're responding to a series of controversies that have engulfed the SAT over the last several testings. The most recent one of which, of course, was the controversy surrounding the August uh, 25th uh, administration of the SAT. That was about a month ago, and scores have started to come back from it. And the reason why it was so controversial was that uh, rumors started circulating pretty much as soon as the test finished being administered uh, that afternoon that, and the rumors at first were a little vague, uh, maybe some questions had been leaked in Asia, maybe a section, and eventually it came out that uh, pretty much the entire test had been circulating uh, on the internet in Asia, particularly in China, uh, in advance of the August administration. Uh, what happened was, apparently, that the test that was administered in the United States uh, in August happened to be the exact same test that was administered the previous October in Asia for students applying uh, to college. The thing is that it turns out it's not that unusual for, for the SAT historically to reuse questions or sections. Uh, back in the day, before the internet was a, a thing, uh, the SAT people, the college board, would reuse questions and sections for multiple testings in different regions uh, until they felt that the questions had kind of burned through all the different test takers. And then they would use those questions on one of the tests that got released to the public, which are historically the October, May, and March tests in the United States. So if you're not aware, on those test dates, you can sign up and pay extra for a service known as the question and answer service, uh, and you get a, your copy of the SAT that you took, uh, and you can then look at the questions and see how you did, basically, why you may have gotten those questions wrong. So those tests are released, and at that point, the questions are considered publicly released by the college board, and they don't use them anymore. They replace them with new questions. So the thing that that, that became a, a really big deal was that over the last several years, more and more times have questions, sections, entire tests leaked from China, leaked from Asia. Um, now the College Board's response to this is that it's not that big a deal. They feel that it's not that big a deal. Mm. That the questions or sections get released in Asia, they're... You know, there's various political reasons about why they feel it's not a big deal. Um, the internet doesn't flow equally from China out to the rest of the world and back because the Chinese government is oppressive and they have the Great Firewall of China. And so it's harder for many people to access information in China and harder for uh, information in China to spread out throughout the world. So they felt that that's one reason. And the other reason is, is that um, the College Board believes that they can tell when someone's cheating. Usually uh, a score jumps a, a, 
an unreasonable amount a student improves more than what they would expect and if that they find that that student has contacts in China or other places in East Asia where the test might have leaked then that becomes a question so it's a handful of students who might get investigated for utilizing leaked materials the majority of students would not have access to these leaked materials wouldn't see them but even though they exist so from the college board's point of view no big deal is it the first time that this has happened no not at all uh in fact both in 2013 and 2016 um exposés were done by various <clears throat> news sources showing that questions uh, had been leaking and entire sections and entire tests have been leaking in china over and over again so that's one of the reasons why a lot of folks are getting mad about this and in this particular instance uh, a number of students and their parents have gotten together to launch a class action lawsuit against the college board. So is this a larger leak that is making everybody angry or is it just that they're, um, but now that it's affecting certain people, those certain people are taking action whereas in the past other people chose not to? You know, I don't think it's a larger leak. I think the fact that it's the entire test it, it has happened before. Okay. And um, I don't even know if the people who are suing were affected. Like they say they were affected but my question is, and the reason why these sort of lawsuits that were threatened against the college board have never gone anywhere, the same sort of threats were made by parents when the news reports came out in 2013, when the expose uh, came out in 2016. Um, and one of the reasons why the lawsuits don't go anywhere is because the college board can successfully argue that their scores weren't affected. It's not like they did more poorly because a small handful of people may have cheated and in fact the fact that we know that it's a small handful of people cheated is because the college board caught them and invalidated their scores. So the people who were caught cheating um, their scores were nullified? Correct. And because theoretically it was a small group it wouldn't have affected the scale or the percentiles? Correct. Okay so... That's the college board's argument. And again I'm not saying I'm on either side of that argument I'm just saying this is what the college board says. Sure. Um, so I'm wondering what that means for students who, I mean, there's two things that come to my mind. Is it because um, the students are feeling that the students in China had an unfair advantage? Is it because... Well, that's a good point. The, the questions, the test that the American students took in August was a test that the Chinese students took in October. Okay, so it's the, actually the other way around. So the students... In China, taking the test in August, I don't even think, I, from what I understand, the August test date is currently U.S. only. Okay. So the students in China weren't even taking the SAT in August. Okay. So, um, if anything, the leak would have provided information to somebody on, in the August test from the test that chi the students in China took earlier. Right. So, it may, if anybody was benefited, it was students in the August test, which would have been American students. Correct. So, so, so it provided an option for American students to cheat, an opportunity to cheat. The college board's response is only literally a handful. Like, you could count the number of people who may have accessed inf this information on two hands. So out of the large quantity... Hundreds of thousands it, of people. Then it's, it's, it's a non-issue. So that's, their, that's what they're saying. Right. And again... the. the People have tried to cheat on the SAT for years. In fact, there's been two major motion pictures about, uh, over the last 20 years, about SAT cheating scandals. Oh. And again, the, the difference between those incidences and this one is that this is technically the college board's fault. 
their material is leaking. Somehow, someone's getting copies of the tests and either scanning them or getting digital files of them and leaking them in China. So one of the uh, examples from 10 years ago was there was uh, an adult, a recent college graduate, who would charge students thousands of dollars to take the SAT for them. He would pose as them oh. and go take the test. He was a student on Long Island and he would take the test and he could guarantee that he could score 1600 most of the time because that's what he had done for his own testing. And after he would do this every test date and be a different person. And that's one of the reasons why the College Board instituted a system where you have to upload a picture of yourself to their website when you sign up for a testing and it prints out a ticket with uh, a black and white image of that photo. Hmm. So you have to prove who you are. It's basically a photo ID. That He's the reason why that happened. So that wasn't something that the College Board did wrong. That wasn't a mistake that the College Board made. It wasn't a scandal by the College Board. It was somebody trying to game the system, someone trying to beat the College Board or cheat the College Board as well as other students. When that person was caught, the College Board not only invalidated all of his scores that he got on behalf of other students, um, they referred the question to the FBI and he was arrested and he served time in federal prison. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. And the students who were uh, caught having purchased his services, most of them were still in college uh, or were still in high school and they either couldn't get into a college uh, a prestigious university or they were kicked out. So students who had gotten admission to Harvard or other Ivy League schools or other prestigious schools lost their seat. Even if they've already been there a year or two, they were kicked out. Wow. So that's the sort of thing that happened in the past where it was somebody trying to cheat the system. There was a teacher who uh, stole an answer key and gave it to his students in advance and those kids had their scores invalidated. So it was more like a, a small scale individual doing this. This this was seen more as the college board's mistake. Sure. So um, my next question would be, how are the colleges responding? You know, that's interesting. Uh, all the articles I've read on this, the colleges haven't really responded. Okay. So well, not them, publicly, at least. All right. All right. So for them, for students who were applying based on test scores that they um, that they received from the August test, um, or will receive from the August test, um, it, it's sort of a, a non-issue. It seems that way. It seems that way. There are some parents who are upset, some students who are upset, but it doesn't seem to have affected the scores. The scale seems pretty normal. To your point earlier, the percentiles seem pretty normal. Uh, it seems like it's a non-issue, but what makes it worse in terms of public relations is the even more egregious June testing controversy from earlier this year. The scoring. The scoring, yes. So basically, if you're not aware of that, of that and this is what makes the August controversy stand out because the August one is pretty normal it happens every couple of years somebody steals a test in China and leaks it um, it doesn't seem to affect scores only a handful of people ever find this test uh, I think you have to be able to speak Chinese to even find it on the internet read or speak Chinese so it's it, so there's a limited pool of people in the United States but the June controversy was a major deal so what happened was uh, shortly before the administration of the June test apparently the College Board realized that the test was, especially the math, was too easy. Now, not every SAT is of equal difficulty. I mean, it's just a common fact. Um, the College Board rates the difficulty of questions on a scale of one to five. One is the lowest difficulty, five is the highest, and the goal for them is that every test should be around a 3.0 in terms of difficulty, smack dab in the middle. A relatively even spread of easy, medium, and hard questions. But 
it's you know the, with the difficulty of the questions, how people respond to them, the, the way they're written by humans. Sometimes the test is a two point nine, sometimes it's a three point one. So it fluctuates. On rare occasions, you'd get a two point eight or a three point two, but those are pretty rare and those are pretty difficult. You know, like either easier than average or harder than average versions of the test. And and most students can like the difference between a two point eight and a three point seems like it's a tiny thing, but students really feel like oh that one was easy, that one was hard. So it turns out that this one was way easier than normal, especially in the math. And so they rescaled it so that instead of there being minor differences between, uh, let's say you get all the questions right in the math, you get an 800. If you get one question wrong, you get a 790. Get two questions wrong, you're probably at a 780. Uh, they radically scaled it so that if you got one question wrong, it went down from an 800 to a 770. Two questions wrong, it's a 740. You get four or five questions wrong, normally a score in the mid to low 700s. Now you're talking about a score in the mid 600s. And they really scaled it down. So that affected people's scores. There were students who were noticing that after having taken the March SAT, for example, and getting a certain number of questions right and wrong, they would take the June SAT, get more questions right and fewer questions wrong, yet their score was lower. Which I can understand would be very frustrating. However, because it's publicized and affected every student that took that test, isn't that, again, sort of a non-issue? Well, no, because it wasn't publicized. The College Board knew about it. Not only that, but apparently uh, there were four questions in the math that almost every student got them right. That almost never happens. So what the College Board did with those four questions is when that happens, and it has happened in the past, that there's been a question here or there that was too easy, and the College Board then eliminates that question from the scoring. So instead of 58 math questions, there were only 54 that counted. Okay, so each one counted m more. Right. So, okay, that makes sense. So between those two factors, the scaling really shifted down by dozens, if not hundreds of points. <laughs> and uh, parents and students were really upset, especially when the College Board didn't say anything. They didn't tell anybody. They didn't release a press release. They didn't talk about it when the scores were released after the 4th of July break. And here's the thing. Normally, the College Board releases scores 20 to 22 days after the test. So if this test was administered on June 2nd, then you think, okay, 22 days later is June 24th. And that's normally when the scores would be released. But June 24th came and went. July 1st came and went. And it wasn't until after the 4th of July week. Now you're in the heart of summer. Students are out of school. The College Board seems to have, and this is just my observation. This is the impression I get. I don't know this for a fact. I don't actually even know anybody currently who works for the College Board. Uh, and I've only ever known one or two people who ever worked there over my life in my, in my professional career, and not even well. They were just you know, work acquaintances. So I don't know anybody who works at the College Board. Nobody told me this, but this is the impression I get. They were trying to bury it over summer. They were trying to wait till all the students were out of school and everybody was spread out so that parents couldn't grab their torches and pitchforks and, and, and start complaining. And that really backfired because by releasing the score so late, everybody's anxious. Mm -hmm. It just drove everybody nuts. The scores come out, there's a horror show, and now already class action lawsuits within days started happening in July. And finally the College Board released an announcement saying, no big deal, the test has just scaled down because it's easier than average. Um, I am curious to see what scale they gave it. Like, 
basically, as I said, the, the average difficulty is a 3.0 on the College Board's 1 to 5 scale. I want to see how easy this test was. Was it a 2.5? Was it a 2.0? How easy was too easy? That's what I'd like to know. They're not telling anybody. In fact, since they changed over the SAT in October 2016, they haven't really released that scale publicly. They used to, but they haven't much anymore. Well, I'm sure that it, does it make sense to think that they're a little bit closer to the vest now because there is this trend towards testing optional. Um, schools aren't put, putting perhaps the weight against these scores that they used to? See, that might be true, but I disagree with that. I think that's the exact opposite reaction they should have. I think more transparency would help colleges, college admissions officers, uh, high school guidance and college counselors, parents, educators, students understand the process better. And that would make the test more acceptable to colleges that are leaning more towards uh, test optional. I think that you're probably right. That's why they're doing it. But I think it's a mistake. I think that's, that's a bad choice. No, I agree with you. I think transparency is always a good thing. Um, I have one more question for you. And yes. that is, does this affect the popularity or consideration of the ACT now? Are people, because I know the ACT, especially up here in New England, is not a popular choice. Is this getting people to reconsider that? I suspect it might. I mean, I'm seeing a larger than average number of students signing up for ACT prep versus SAT prep. Now, granted, still in New England, historically it's been about 95 SAT, 5 uh, ACT in terms of percentages. So in the last year or two, maybe it was 90-10, and now we're maybe looking at 80-20. So it's still not a large percentage. The ACT managed to be the more popular test in 2015. The only time since the ACT was introduced that more students took the ACT than the SAT was 2015. That's one of the driving factors for the College Board rolling out their new version of the test in 2016, was that the College Board wants the SAT to be bigger. So I think that all these controversies back to back to back will drive more students to test out the ACT. That's what I think will happen. The ACT has managed to avoid a lot of these controversies. It's not that the ACT hasn't made mistakes, but they are also not as international a test. You don't have dozens of testings in countries around the world uh, where students take the ACT. The SAT has been around since the 20s and they've really invested in uh, international students who are applying to college in the United States. They haven't gotten colleges and universities in those countries to use the SAT, which is I'm sure what they always wanted. But, they, but more and more students who want to apply to school and come to the US have taken the SAT as part of their process. Uh, to the point that it's almost universal for them. The ACT has never been able to pull that off. So they've managed to avoid those international snafus. The ACT's mistakes have been more in their uh, failed, hilariously failed attempts to make the ACT a computer-based test. About seven years ago, they ran a pilot in, I believe, Tennessee and Kentucky, where they tried to get all of the students at certain high schools to take the ACT on computers and the system crashed. Yeah. So it wasn't a matter of uh, user interface or, or convenience for the students or confusion. It was just the technology just wasn't there. It went kaplooey. Yeah. And again, that was, I believe, 2011. And I think they tried a smaller pilot in 2013 and also failed. Uh, and again, those, those dates, those are years ago. So um, I may not have the exact dates. I don't even remember which testings they were. But that was, you know, 
five to seven years ago, and the ACT is still trying to pull that off. Their goal is, and they're always like five years away. In the next five years, you know, it'll all be computer based, and that's the ACT's thing. So that's the one failing the ACT has had, but that's a failing that's acceptable because the test scores have been pretty consistent. Um, the only major change is the ACT rescaled their test compared to the SAT. Uh, in conjunction with the NCAA, over the summer they released a new concordance table. But that wasn't controversial. It's just that, you know, they, because the SAT changed and there's new, you know, they have new numbers from students applying, they rescaled it. But, you know, the ACT's managed to avoid that. So I think that's one thing that's going to happen, is the ACT might gain in popularity in traditionally SAT areas. The other thing is it might push, these SAT controversies might push more schools to test out the test optional admissions process. Currently, there's still only one college or university in the United States that is test resistant, that refuses to take test scores. That's Hampshire College in Western Massachusetts. But they're famous for being uh, iconoclastic and doing things their own way. They don't have a testing-based admissions process. They don't have college majors. Every student must create his or her major there. So it's a real, uh, Hampshire College is the school that tested out uh, co-ed uh, dorm rooms in the early 1970s where uh, male and female students could share a room. That was the school that did that. Um, the only school that ever has tried that and that experiment failed wildly. It was Can't horrible. Can't imagine why. Yeah, it was, it was pretty horrible. I, I, read, I saw a documentary about it many years ago. It was, it was horrible. Um, so Hampshire College is always on the edge of things. But I wouldn't be surprised if in the next 10 years some more colleges that have historically been test optional like, say, Bennington or Bowdoin, shift to a test-resistant model. I mean, Bowdoin brags that it was the first school to go SAT optional in 1969. Considering that the SAT has only been around since the 1920s and every college that existed in the 1800s was, didn't take testing, it's kind of a hollow brag, but, you know, they're, they're a prestigious school. They can brag on that. I'll let them have it. So... You know, and a lot of schools have, have, have talked about being test optional for a long time. So I think more and more schools are going to go that route because of these controversies. And every so often there'll be a school testing out, uh, not accepting test scores at all. Well, that's really uh, helpful. Thank you. Because I've been seeing sort of blurbs about this on the internet and, and through our teams. And it's nice to have some perspective on it. Yeah. So again, if any, uh, anybody at home has any questions about the SAT controversies, what they mean, how serious they are, uh, please feel free to hit us up on our Twitter. That's the absolute best way to reach out to us, especially if you're listening at home. Uh, hit up that Twitter. Our Twitter feed is at EndeavorPod. Uh, a link is always in the show notes. If you uh, tweet at me, you mention me, you you know, do anything like that, uh, I will get a notification on my phone and I'll be able to respond to you pretty much right away. Uh, you can also leave a comment on our iTunes page, although I only check that about once a week. So I'm not going to follow up as quickly up there. Uh, if you do like our uh, podcast, you like our episodes, please feel free to like, star, favorite, heart, whatever your podcast uh, listening app of choice lets you do. You can always share episodes. Hit that share sheet and you know share to Twitter or Facebook. Uh, when people listen on those platforms, you know we still it still counts. We still get listens. It's all good. And lastly, uh, please remember to subscribe. That way you get the episodes right away. I usually post them on Tuesdays and Fridays. Uh, the beginning of the school year this year, as always, was manic as everybody was getting started. So I was a little bit off schedule. But now we're back on schedule as we're into the school year. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And as always, let's keep learning. <laughs>